said our life is frittered away by detail and for many of us your life is being frittered away by details right now why because the simplicity of prioritizing God's kingdom it's not the only thing on your priority list it's you're trying to tack it on the end and you're missing out on the life that you were created for For many people, life has slowed down over the past several months, and while there were inconveniences for sure, there was also space to take a breath. In today's message, Pastor Daniel urges you to consider if you're living so tied to your lists that you're unable to prioritize the things of God. You'll learn that when you tack God's kingdom onto the bottom of your to-do list, you'll lose focus and miss out on the life that he wants you to have. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Need for Intentionality and Simplicity. But whoever is the king, the king declares the laws and the values. And if you keep yourself as the king of your life, then your ethics and values, how you live and move in the world is going to Reflect that, but if you prioritize God's kingdom, then you also prioritize God's way of doing things. And if you ever wonder what God's way of doing things is, all you have to do is look at the cross. Through the eyes of faith, not this cross, this representation, but the cross of Calvary where God said, in action, humanity is broken, but I love it. And I am not willing to see those who are lost stay lost, but I want to bring them back. And the only way to do it is for someone to pay the price of all the rebellion. I'm going to give it to my son instead of giving it to them because they can't handle it. It would take eternity. That's the ethics of God's kingdom. And that's what we need in a world that is so broken. But I ask you, are you prioritizing God's kingdom and his righteousness. Now, I want to speak for a second to those of you who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. That's one of the things I love about the Crossroads family, because we really want Crossroads to be the kind of place where there's people here who've been walking with the Lord for decades, half century. And this is their church, and they can grow and be deepened and discipled and use their gifts. And then there's other people here. You're here, you're like, I don't even believe in Jesus, but I'm kind of checking it out. And I just kind of came. My friend invited me, or I've been coming, checking it out. And we love that we have a church that's like that. And with our music decisions, we try and reach as many people as possible. We realize, can't get everybody in there. We could do really quiet songs that are in King James language, and that's really cool for a certain percentage. And other people are like, I don't understand what that old music about. For those of you who've been walking with Jesus for a long time, If you've been in church for a long time, you have the tendency to think, because of my time served and my profound attendance that I do prioritize God's kingdom, I'm here to tell you, don't make that mistake. Because the Pharisees in Jesus' day thought that they had it right because they were so committed. And they were the ones who had Jesus crucified. 
And I'm not saying that everyone who's been walking with Jesus along the crossroads is a Pharisee. Far from it. But make sure that if you prioritize God's kingdom, see what happens for people who love Jesus and have been in church for a long time, your whole social context becomes other believers. The, the family becomes so strong, which is beautiful, but at the same time, are you invest, investing in the lives of people who don't yet know Jesus? Are you so consumed with church relationships that you don't know your new neighbor? There was a time when your new neighbor would come and you'd go and you'd meet them and you'd bring them cookies and you'd get to know them and you didn't mind that they were super messy because you're like, look, man, you know, I was just like that not so long ago. But then time goes on and you find yourself completely isolated from non-believers. You have such a context of service and things you're like, yeah, I'm prioritizing God's kingdom. See, if you prioritize God's kingdom, you know that Jesus came to seek and save the lost and that God uses people as vehicles to seek and save the lost. So I'm not saying don't serve at Crossroads. Please continue to do exactly what you're doing in Jesus' name, but make sure that you haven't become institutionalized so that you've been cut off from what's going on in our world or For some of us, what happens is we've been in church so long and God has changed us so much that when we look at someone who is yet to be transformed by Jesus, we are more disgusted by them than move with love for them. If you're disgusted by a sinner, then you're not prioritizing God's kingdom because God's kingdom is to seek and save that lost sinner. And I say that because I realize that for some of us, you love the Lord. But in loving the Lord, you've lost sight of God's kingdom breaking into the world. Now, let me talk to those of you here on the other end of the spectrum. Some of you here right now, you're hearing me say, okay, so preacher's saying, prioritize God's kingdom. Well, why should I? Now, I know I think that some of you say that because I remember the first time I heard a pastor say something like that. And my thought was, well, why should I? Let me explain to you why. If you are living as the king of your own kingdom, your life is yours, you're going to do what you want, here's the thing I got for you. As you pursue your own kingdom, everything that you do is fun, but for a moment. You do what you want to do, you experience what you wanted to experience, and then all of a sudden you feel disillusioned and bored. So what do you do? You run to the next thing. The next thing to pursue, and you pursue it, you pursue it, and then you get it, and it's fun for a moment, and then you feel disconnected and disillusioned and bored, and then what do you do? You run to the next thing, and guess what? You realize that that way of living leaves you completely feeling like you're missing life, right? You feel all connected with people, but totally lonely. You feel like you're experiencing everything that you want, but everything that when you finally get it, it leaves you feeling empty and looking for the next thing. I'm here to tell you, that is not the type of life you want to lead. And how do I know that? Because that was my story. I didn't grow up in the church. I got to experiencing everything that I thought that I wanted only to find, as what I later read, the writer to the Ecclesiastes said, it's vanity of vanities. It's all vanity. It's like grasping for the wind. You catch it, it's fun, and then you're like, oh. And then you're on to the next thing. And you're like, you're literally like somebody scurrying around trying to catch something, and every time you catch it, for a moment, it's enjoyable until it leaves you feeling completely empty. And that's my story. And I'm here to tell you the only time that hamster wheel of satisfaction that leads to dissatisfaction ends is when you allow God to be the center. 
and you prioritize his kingdom because your soul will only find its rest when it finds rest in him. That's how Augustine said it. You will only find satisfaction for your soul. You will only find fulfillment once you are no longer the sovereign of your life because you actually weren't created to be the sovereign of your life. And what you're living now is antithetical to your truest self. And I think deep down, when you hear me say that, just like me, when I heard someone say something similar to that, I thought to myself, he don't know me. And then if you're hearing, the next thought that you hear is, he's right. It's true. You want to pretend like it's not true, but deep down in the depths of your soul, in that still small voice that speaks, you know it's true. That you're going to keep scurrying around to try and find something, that you find it, it's fun for a moment, and then you have to leave it. Because it doesn't last. And that's why Jesus said, but if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you'll be satisfied. That when you learn that when you prioritize your own kingdom, it's going to leave you missing what you really want. It's because you need to say, instead of running my own kingdom, I'm going to let God take his rightful place in my heart. And that's when things begin to change. The Apostle Paul explained this priority of God's kingdom in Colossians 1.10 in a beautiful way. Listen to this. This is a great amplified description of what it means to prioritize God's kingdom. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's a great way to define this priority of God's kingdom. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, being fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, Henry David Thoreau said, our life is frittered away by detail. And for many of us, your life is being frittered away by details right now. Why? Because the simplicity of prioritizing God's kingdom, it's not the only thing on your priority list. It's you're trying to tack it on the end. And you're missing out on the life that you were created for. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Wow. Would to God that the boasting of the Crossroads family, that the testimony of our conscience is that in this world we conducted ourselves in simplicity and godly sincerity. See, it's about prioritizing this one thing. You got to ask yourself right now, what is the priority of your life? What is the thing that drives you? And I'm here to tell you, if you are a follower of Jesus, God's kingdom has to be the priority. In Acts chapter 2, a newly spirit-filled church, it says that they gather together with simplicity of heart. 
See, singularly focused, a simple priority on the things of God's kingdom. Now, I have two quick points I want to give you. Because verses 33 and 34 don't only say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but there's more there, which I think is going to not only undergird this prioritizing of God's kingdom, but it's also going to help you see some of the main things that keep you from prioritizing God's kingdom. Look at what it says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, when you prioritize God's kingdom, then you will trust in God's provision. When you prioritize God's kingdom, then you will trust in God's provision. See, if you read this in context, right, these are the last two verses in this section. From verses 25 down, we find that Jesus keeps saying to them, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about what? Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, and where you're going to live. The most basic necessities of life, a place to live, and the provisions for safety, which is closed, it wasn't only for fashion, it is, there is a, a, a safety factor, a security factor, and then there's also food, the provision you need to eat. And Jesus knows, because we're all the same, that if we prioritize our own kingdom, then we are always worrying and fearful because we have to provide for ourselves. And for many of us right now, the greatest thing that keeps you from prioritizing God's kingdom is your fears about providing for yourself not just the basic needs of your life, but all the wants, right? Like, I love my dad. One of the things I love the most about my dad, he, he was a great dad. We didn't grow up in like a Christian home, but my dad loved me, loved my sisters, my mom, solid guy. One of the things when me and my dad talk, my dad's been retired now for about 10 years, he says, the greatest fear that I have is that I'm going to outlive my money. And it's a big fear for people who are in those retired years that I don't know how long I'm going to live and I saved up this much money. And the greatest fear that I have is I'm going to outlive my money. Now, how many of you are struggling with that anxiety right now? It's a very realistic fear. It's a realistic fear if your provision for your life is completely dependent only on you. And that's why we struggle with it. Our culture says it's about you. You provide. And you don't know how long you're going to live. And so there's a, you're trying to find security in something you can't find security is because you don't know how long you're going to live. And one of the things that I'm learning each and every day is that when I prioritize God's kingdom, I can trust in God's provision because although I may have limited resources, God's kingdom has inexhaustible resources. And I think for those of you here who are retired and you're worried about tomorrow, maybe what God wants to do is he does want you to outlive your money. Why? Because he wants to use you and there be fruit for your labor longer than you realize, but he wants you to outlive your money so that you will learn that when you prioritize his kingdom, you didn't need your provision anyway because God is the great provider. But we live in a generation and a culture that says, we really don't believe in God, and we are responsible to provide for ourselves. And when you have an economy of scarcity, it will always lead to anxiety, which will play itself out as accumulation and hoarding. That's what it does. An economy of scarcity leads to anxiety and will always play itself out with accumulation. 
But is God's economy based on scarcity? That should lead to anxiety? That should lead to accumulation? Is that what your Bibles tell you? No. See, the economy is an important political discussion. But you notice that nobody ever talks about, well, we do have an economy of scarcity that leads us to anxiety, which leads us to accumulation. Is God's economy a scarcity economy? No, it's an abundance of an economy. Not that we have an abundance, but that God has an abundance. And don't ever go to a church where the pastor tells you that God wants to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. He wants to make you wise by the Spirit. The healthy, wealthy part, only God knows what he's doing with that stuff. God wants you to follow Jesus and honor him no matter what you got. And the only, listen, if you watch TV, Christian TV, we're on Christian TV right now. The guys before me and after me scare me to, for Jesus. It's bad. Don't ever send money to somebody who's wearing a more expensive suit than your mortgage. The only person who gets rich on those things are those shysters. Seriously. Give your money to somebody who needs some food. You know what I mean? Don't give it to that guy with the bad hair. I shouldn't talk about bad hair. I I retract that statement. I'm not asking for your money anyway, but I retract that statement. Someone's like, Fusco, you can't say bad hair, man. That's a pot calling the kettle black. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, the joy of public speaking. Anyway, when you prioritize God's kingdom, you can trust in God's provision. And that's why if you read verses 25 to 33 over and over again, it says, don't don't be afraid. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Look at the lilies of the field. They're more beautiful than the greatest king. They don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Look at the birds of the air. They don't have worm farms. They don't have little, like, wormy ice boxes to save it for later. God provides for them every day. See, I think the reason we spend so much time being anxious about our finances is because we're not prioritizing God's kingdom. We're prioritizing our own. And if you are the king, then you have the responsibility to be the provider. And it all depends on you. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm just saying... If you're prioritizing your kingdom, then you're completely missing the life that God's given you. You're settling for the best that American culture can come up with, which isn't worthy of the soul of a child of God. We're called to something greater than that, something more substantial. We need to trust in God's provision. In your own time, write down Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. You can read it on your own. I'm just going to quote the very last verse, verse 19. But the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he's thanking them for providing for his needs as he's out planting churches. And he tells them all these different times that they blessed him. And he was saying, listen, I learned how to be abound, how to abound. I've learned how to be a base. I've learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to have a lot. And all things, I've learned how to be content. But to this church who was generous prioritizing the gospel getting out, he ends by saying, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, I love that because he's saying, look, you guys have blessed me. Thank you. He's like, but my God will supply more than you need according to his abundance of riches in his own glory because of Jesus. See, when you trust 
and you prioritize God's kingdom, then you can trust in God's provision because you're like, Lord, I'm about your kingdom and you as a king, you have an inexhaustible supply of resource so I can get at what I'm, what you're calling me to and I don't have to worry about all these things because I'm prioritizing your kingdom and because I'm prioritizing your kingdom, you've promised that you're going to take care. Now, someone's bound to say, well, you know, I did that and I didn't get everything I wanted because you believe that prioritizing God's kingdom was meant to be a vending machine for all the greedy things in your heart. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about when you place God's kingdom at the centerpiece of your life, you can trust that God will take care of the needs that you have. And it's a good thing. You want to write down issues of living simplicit in a simple way in your own life. Do you know the difference between a need and a want? Our culture doesn't anymore. Our culture thinks that, like, I need a smartphone. I need a brand new Xbox 360. You know, like, I am not going to be happy until I get that new pair of jeans with the funky thing on the pocket or something. That is not a need. And you need to be able to differentiate in your heart between what a need is and what a want is. God never said, I'm going to supply all of your greeds. He said, I'll give you everything that you need. You know what's amazing? When you prioritize God's kingdom, you start to learn the difference. Do I really need that? Sure, I can have it. Do I need it? Is it really essential? And that's part of the art of living too, isn't it? to learn the difference between what I actually need and what I want. And to know that my wants, God isn't as concerned about because he's more concerned about our hearts than making us more entitled and selfish. Now, I realize that, that's a challenging word in this generation. But don't we need that? Don't we need to learn that difference? But if you prioritize God's kingdom, you can trust in God's provision. Look at how this little section ends, these two verses. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, verse 34, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See, not only should we prioritize God's kingdom, and when we do that, we can trust in God's provision, but when we prioritize God's kingdom and we trust in God's provision, then we can embrace God's present. And this is important. See, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. And then he says, sufficient for today is its own trouble. Biblical simplicity literally reminds us that God has given us today. Jesus is Pastor Daniel wrapped up today's message by reminding you that when you prioritize God's kingdom, you can trust that he'll take care of the needs that you have. Part of the art of living is learning the difference between your needs and your wants. God will take care of you and grow your character in the process. And as you learned, when God's kingdom is a priority and you trust in his provision, you can embrace the present moment. God has given you today, and you should live fully in it, not worrying about what's to come. 
Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will address the last aspect of the inward part of the art of living, your need for humility. Humility is truly seeing yourself as you are. When you clearly see yourself, God can work in your life. Pastor Daniel will explain that this need is satisfied when you allow someone else to give you godly direction. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called The Art of Living. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.